0: Uh, Good evening everyone, Sheikh Faleh here again, Uh, thanks for viewing, thanks for following us for all this while. Uh, Tonight we have a special guest, uh, Joey Gass. Joey, how are you man?
1: I'm very well Faleh and it's a pleasure to be here, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to share this moment with you.
0: Oh yes, um, we, are, we are very very thrilled with your news that you're going to share later But guys, uh, I think most of you know, know Joey, he's an entertainment personality And the most important thing is he is the father who wants to fight for his rights Yes.
1: Indeed I am, indeed I am And uh, what a fight it's been Fale, what a fight it has been and continues to be
0: I know, I know, give me goosebumps, just, just, just share with us your great news first
1: Well, the great news, which uh, timely, which is great, is today we just received the court order from the High Court of Malaysia, uh, awarding me full custody of my daughter, full sole custody, guardianship and care and control of my daughter. So it's a lovely day today. I mean, I would say I would say it's nice that we've sort of come to the end of this long sort of tunnel and uh it's definitely good to be out the other side with the result better than what we actually wanted because all this sort of while we're we're sort of we want to go for shared custody right and you know we actually got better than what we were seeking so yeah yeah good very very good very very good result
0: and uh how long is the journey again you've been fighting for this
1: wow you know it's exactly three years you know it's exactly three years October 2018 was uh, the first court case that I experienced in my journey for custody or to have a relationship with my daughter. And uh, it's three years to the, to the month. Exactly.
0: I know it's, it's maybe it might be painful to talk about the past, but I do want, if possible, you share with the fathers out there that
1: there is still hope. Yeah, there is hope. I mean, look, at the end of the day, your child is your child and that's never going to change. And I think it may... Look, let me start. I will say that I've had a lot of ups and downs in my journey. Um, There has been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And the thing about that is when you get the lows, the lows are really, they're low, low, you know? And sometimes the lows can get so low that it will sort of make you think about wanting to continue on or are you doing the right thing or... Maybe you want to give up because it's too emotionally stressful. It's too mentally stressful. It's too uh, financially stressful. There's so many factors in this, but the thing is, is that your child is your child. And I think any real loving parent, be it a father or a mother will do everything they can to be a part of their child's life. Right. So I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's been three years for me, but it could have been a lot, it could have been a lot quicker had the other party not, not put up such a, a, a huge resistance. And it's unfortunate that when you get in a situation where two parents are, are, are fighting, that one parent puts up a lot of resistance and it just creates for a very messy situation, which can kind of prolong things out. And then, of course, you, when you factor in lawyers who use their legal abilities or legal skills to prolong things even further, you know, the main thing is, is that I think you need to look This is not a 100-meter sprint. It's a marathon. So Mm -hmm. you've got to really go into this with the long-game mentality and expect to be in it for a long time, but know that the end result, the goal, where you're trying to get to, the, the final destination is the ultimate prize, which is the relationship with your child, right? And I think, as I said before, I think any loving father who really wants to be with his child can stay on that path and as long as you fight the good fight and you're being honest, you are in a good fight and you're doing what's right for your relationship with your child, then I think that it, it will make the journey a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Although
1: the time, it can be anything, you know, you could, you, you could be in a custody battle for three months, six months, right up to 10 years, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: the main thing is, is not to lose focus and keep your eye on the goal. And that is to ultimately have a relationship with your child.
0: I believe uh, you do have experience with good and bad experience with lawyers.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah.
0: Any, any advice to fathers out there when they are looking for the right lawyers? Is there any right lawyer or what is your
1: opinion on that? Well, yeah, I think there is a right lawyer for everyone, to be honest with you. I mean, look, there's a few factors as well. You know, some lawyers are driven heavily by how much money they might be able to make from you. Some lawyers are driven by the passion, by morals to do what's right, you know, to reconnect a parent with their child. Um, Some lawyers are just, dare I say it, very dirty lawyers who just want to make money and don't care to get in between two parties and uh, make a big mess while draining you of your funds. So, yeah, picking the right lawyer for you is, is definitely important. And on my journey, I've had... I've, I've gone through a bunch of different lawyers and um, all for different reasons. None, none of them bad, to be honest with you. But the firm that managed to 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 get me the full custody, which was uh, Loan Partners and specifically uh, a lawyer or a partner in the firm called Lee Kim, you know, I was very fortunate that they had empathy for my situation and they understood my situation. And finally enough, it, you know, They were a group of female lawyers. When I went to meet them, I sat in an office of of, of about six female lawyers. And they shared in my pain and they understood what I was going through. And they they knew that, um, well, they don't agree with uh, any parent, be it a mother or a father, being separated from from the child. And they are against parental alienation. So going back to your question, when it comes to finding a lawyer, it's nice to obviously align yourself or pick a lawyer who definitely has the same opinions as you who can emphasize empathize with your situation and ultimately can in some sense somewhat kind of feel the pain you're going through and want to do the best job they possibly can for you within a reasonable payment structure if you know what i mean because you know like going through this type of battle for years it can be quite costly right and not all of us have the money to burn or the money that we can just pay out and of course you know if you get the right lawyers you can pay in an installments, and you can make some type of arrangement, and so yeah, there's many factors in, that goes into picking the right lawyer. So I would definitely suggest for anyone who's getting into this journey, who's embarking on it for the first time, you know, make sure you do spend that little bit of extra time in in, in meeting up with a few different firms, and you just kind of get a feel because you can kind of tell who's in it because they really believe in the problem. Or who's in it because they just think, right, okay, you know, I can make some money off of this person and let's go.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that is, I mean, of course, you're talking out of experience. And it's very true when you say that there, is, there will be always a right lawyer for you. You just need to, to keep on looking and uh, don't give up. And, you know, there's, there's hundreds and thousands of lawyers outside there. And, I, and the chemistry just have to
1: be right. Exactly. And I think, like, a a great example of that is um, a friend of a friend of mine, who's now become my friend. uh, He's going through the same situation that I've been going through. The exact same, which, funnily enough, he's going through the same situation for his child. And the opposing lawyers are the same lawyers that I was up against, (laughs) which is funny. And so anyway, you can can give him so many notes. (laughs) We we were sharing notes and stuff, but... um, Uh, Uh, But actually, the thing is with that is that what was working for me didn't necessarily work for him, meaning that I introduced him to a legal firm that were great for me. And, you know, when he went and he met and he didn't feel like, okay maybe this is not the right firm for me. I'm going to go another firm. And that's a great example of it is that what might work for one person may not work for another person. And ultimately, you just got to have confidence in the team that you do get and, you know, let them do their job. And, uh, you know, be patient and get the result that you want.
0: Yeah. I saw um, one of your Instagram live. And, and when you when you were speaking about your experience, uh, there are so many female and male uh, grown-up who have gone through parental alienation when they were a child.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And they share many stories with you. Where some is very shocking that you shared with me, and um, and and tonight I I I do want other fathers to listen on some of the comments that or some of the stories that they have shared with you. Do you mind sharing some of
1: them? Yeah, sure. I have them actually next door. If you just give me a minute, let me let me go and grab them, and and
2: I, I can give me one second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> so guys,
0: um, some stories that. Joey shared with me is very touching, and, and I want him to share tonight so that all the viewers, mothers, fathers, children, who can see some of the effect that a child grew up with when they were alienated by their parents, either mother or father.
1: You see, let's, let me give the backstory on this is that how this all came about is yes, I did an Instagram live, and it was immediately after my um, I, I loss at the Court of Appeal. Yeah. and I lost it at the court of appeal based on the law that says a child under the age of seven should be with the mother so and I came out and I was speaking about it and one of the comments that I made in that in that Instagram live was is that I said that the court say that they're doing what's in the best interest or the best welfare of the child and this is the reason they make the decisions that they make even if it means that the decision that they make ultimately cuts out one parent because of the way the other parent is conducting themselves. Yeah. And I said that actually what they don't realize is that the courts are not doing what's in the best welfare of the child, they're actually prolonging any issues that might come because all they're doing is they're delaying it, they're de- delaying the effect and the effect will happen later on in the life. And you know I obviously had a lot of viewers that were watching at the time and that obviously resonated with a lot of people and so lots and lots of people started reaching out to me and sharing their stories with me. And what I was surprised to find is that exactly what I said was that the court says as a child, you know, we're going to make this decision, which ultimately cuts out the other parent. When one parent is being malicious and spiteful, then are they really doing what's in the best interest or the welfare of a child? I said that all they're doing is pushing it down the line. And sure enough, if you look here, this is only some. Right? You can see, like I've got pages and pages and pages. Look, pages. Look, this is each and every one of these is an individual message, direct message that I got from some person who was separated from their father due to the courts awarding the mother custody, or some uh, a, 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 a child who was separated from their parent because one parent was malicious and cut the other parent out and tried to alienate that child from, from that parent. So basically what I have here is these are adults. These are people who are married, who have their own children, who are grown adults, who share the scars that they received going through this same process, which is a shame really, because I think like, you know, if the courts could actually see this and if it could be, Uh, What's the word? If it could be put out, blasted out there, so that the courts could actually see that, okay, great. Yeah, you're saying what you're doing is the best welfare of the child because the child may be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But when the child gets older, there is an issue. They, they they have issues as adults, and so let me just um. Do, I'll read out a couple. You know, like uh, yeah, yeah. Please do, please do. Some of them are like pretty, <laughs> pretty harsh, actually. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, when we edit yourself. tonight's uh, podcast?
0: I would, I would add the beep, beep, beep <laughs> But but you're right. Um, we will find a way. Of course, we will minus. Uh, we will delete the names and everything. But these are. These are real stories that we want to show to the Prime Minister of Malaysia.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, here's, here's a story, for instance. Someone sent it to me. I, I keep everyone anonymous, yeah? But it says that my dad remarried and his ex-wife didn't allow him to meet their daughter. It's been 27 years. She's all grown up with full hatred and resentment towards my father. Little did she know that her mother prevented my father from seeing her, closed her bank account so that my father couldn't pay for child support, Moving places here and there so my father couldn't track where they lived. It's despicable and disgusting for her mother to do that. Her mother did all she can to paint my father as the bad guy. Such a lowlife. Someone else, for instance. uh, For my mum to be civil with my dad and let me have a relationship with him and not changing it makes me normal. Happy and be someone who is in the right mind. I think I would have grown up depressed, rebelling and in anger if my dad was taken away from me. Stay strong. Right. Uh, another one. Same case when my mom hold the custody on me and my late dad tried to take me back then. I was merely a tool for her. Growing up with a narcissistic mother is energy draining. She made me think I am a burden and made me feel I owe her something. I hope your daughter will not go through the same thing. Another one. Due to this, I don't even know who my biological father is, thanks to my mother. I cut her out of my life 11 years ago and I'm happy with that. You know, it it, it goes on and on and on. Another one here. Imagine um,
0: imagine when the mother thinks that she won that time and when the kid grew up and one of the the last one that you read that he he cut off his mother from his life after knowing what what happened. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know when when there is a narcissist parent thinking that this is a competition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't understand what the the, the mindset behind it is. I, I I don't, I don't get why someone feels that they should cut a loving parent. Look, now not let's let's be realistic here. Not all parents, both mother and father, not all parents are are great parents, right? And but there are. A lot which are great parents and you we tend to find that the ones who are great parents are the ones who are more likely to get cut off from their child in this type of situation the ones who are not so great parents are the ones where the mother's always chasing after the father saying come and see your son come and see your son you know yeah and it it is it's 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 such a shame and I, i feel like for the for for people to be writing this to me and I mean, there is, as I said, there's maybe 20, 25, 30, I don't know. And that's just like one batch that I, I received. I think it's evident to show that everyone, a child does have issues. And here's the thing. I'm also first-hand experience of that because I never met my dad until I was 16. Oh, sorry, 13. And there are certain issues that I have. You know, there is, a, um, there's barriers between my father and I, you know, like, which stems from the fact of this thing that you know we, we weren't together, there wasn't that bond when we were growing up, it does create issues. And I've obviously grown up in my life without my father as in my life to having that father figure. And it did affect me in some way. Yeah. So yeah, it does separation and keeping a, a child away from one parent and raising a, a child as a single parent does affect the child in the long run. And ultimately it's sad because the parent who's done that has most likely... Done that for very selfish reasons, and and that's a shame. Yes,
2: yes, you're right.
0: Talking about single parent, especially uh, single mothers who who claim that she is uh, able to be a mother and a father figure to the kid. What what is your opinion on that?
1: Well, my opinion on that is that that's true. Because I, I I give an example of that is my sister. My sister in the UK, she's a single mother. She's got two beautiful little girls and her uh father of those little girls was you know not a great guy and um he didn't want to be a part didn't want to play the role of father and you know was still young and young at heart young at mind and um had other plans for himself so my sister cut cut him out and um he just you know she's raised the kids as a single mother and she's done she's done great she plays a great role of mother and father now in that situation that situation is a a lot different because again that is that's the situation where my sister's trying to chase the father to be a part of the child's life and to to be to play the role of father and to be there as a family but that father doesn't want to be there yeah so how you know you can only try 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 for so long even i have a friend i have a friend and her ex-husband she's got two kids her ex-husband is now is is living in the states he's he's from america and the kid her kids her two boys are coming the age where now they're asking for daddy and so they're coming into her saying mommy where's my daddy where's my daddy?" and when when she contacts the father and says like look your boys are asking for you can you video call them He just ignores and to the point where she confided in me and i said to her like well look why don't you Maybe it's because you're sending the message to the father. Why don't you get the boys to record a video message and you send that video message of the boys asking their dad to call and contact. And they did that and they sent it to the father and he still ignored it. Because you can see on the, they sent it to him on message. You can see that the ticks came up, yeah, he's seen yeah, it. Yeah. And it was So in that situation, you know, that, that situation there is, um, you know, I think it's justifiable for then a mother to play the role of father and mother. And yes, it is possible. There are, there are people who have that capability. And, you know, I think there is an abundance of mothers, great mothers out there who can play the role. Those
0: are the mothers who. mother's
1: role is a loving role. And I think.
0: Yeah. Those are the type of mothers who call me up and congratulate us forming Fram. They wish that their ex-husband would be a loving father and, and, and fight for. I mean, to them, they don't. Those those ex husbands don't even have to fight for their rights because the the loving mother and uh, is is willing to share custody and, and they want bonding with their, for the kids with their uh, biological father. You know. So you're right when you say that the one that is suffering is the loving parent.
1: <laughs> yeah, to say that. What you just said there, look, I've got, uh, let me just, uh, I've got like a letter, uh, a message here and it says, Joey, I wish my ex-husband is proactive as you in working to have a relationship with his child. Even after the parent's divorce, I knew very well the effects of not having a father figure while growing up to a child's emotional development. Mm -hmm. Until today, my son is 11 and he still randomly asks about his biological dad, even though he has a loving stepdad already. It's true that the bond is unbreakable, hang in there. So yeah. that was, yeah, so that was like a, a great loving parent who would always allow the father to be a part of their child's life yeah. congratulating me and basically, you know, giving me a bit of a booster saying that she wishes her ex was like that. So, yeah, I relate to that, you know?
0: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's why, that's why we, we got a few mothers who are becoming our advocate now and, and, and love what we are doing. And, uh, yeah, we always welcome strong single mothers who believe that the bonding of a child should not be broken with their fathers you know
1: see that's great and that's the great thing about what the father's rights association of malaysia is and look we know it says father's rights but ultimately it's an organization set up to be an advocate for the idea of shared parenting right co-parenting Yes. so it's not necessarily just about ensuring that you're taking care of the father's rights you know if a mother is in that same situation and a mother is being deprived of a relationship with a child then the father's rights Association of Malaysia will also step up and see where they can help out that mother as well right
2: yes
0: I even got calls I become like a marriage counselor already uh, for the past <laughs> four months I received so many calls and. and I'm a <laughs> A few calls from mothers and wives, okay, calling me saying that I, I'm, I'm, I want to save my marriage, you know. My, my, my husband is a uh, mommy's boy. My husband is a drug addict. My husband is this. My husband is that. And whenever they call a uh, woman organization or whatever uh, woman's uh, association, the only advice she received is to, to leave him. She doesn't want.
1: Yeah, it's not very constructive that is, is it? It's not it's very
0: convenient. It's very convenient to advise like that, right? So mm. the, the thing is she doesn't want. So she was looking around here and there and she googled father's right for whatever reason. And she found our Facebook and she called my number. And and we talked for hours, even the first few times, you know, when this is very passionate for me. So sometimes I just put aside my meetings and just focus on, on calls coming in. And, and she was telling me that I'm, uh, I'm, I, she, after talking for hours, uh, she was very thankful and, and, and I give some ideas in terms of how to, to solve her problems, uh, until she, until some of them call the daughter, speak to me, uh, the son speak to me, you know, <laughs> just to, to chat, you know, and, and, and I give them some, some, some hope. You know, that, that the father will change and, to, and and will be a loving father. So, so fathers' rights is not just about rights of a father, but we want to encourage, yes, of course, shared custody and parenting, but of course to 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 find loving fathers. You know, we want to look for loving fathers and mothers who agree that there are such loving fathers that that do not um, need to be in such deep depression because of the unfair judgment you know simply unfair judgment that they receive from the court you know
1: Mm.
0: um we have so many fathers who call us can
1: i I just intervene there can i just say something actually i mean you said like unfair judgment from the court but to be honest with you from my experience the courts have actually been fair uh, and I know there are a lot of unfair judgment Which is like, I want to I flip this up a little bit Here's the thing, surprisingly, right Before I got into this custody situation This custody battle A lot of people were telling me like You know, Joey, the law's in Malaysia against you Don't do it The courts always favour the mother You'll never get custody You'll never get this It's, it, it's, it's a dead end You shouldn't go do it It's going to be a waste The courts always favour the mother The courts always favour the mother And I was sort of like, no, you know if you've got evidence to show, then you've got a good argument. And I believe that the court should be fair and just based on a good argument and based on compelling, compelling evidence. And so I kind of rebutted that idea and went ahead with it anyway. And I did find that the courts were surprisingly, the high court, the high court was very, I would say the high court was very fair. The court of appeal was very, it was a very different experience. Like, you know, we went in there as the winners and we, the way the court of appeal sort of handled us, we felt like we were like criminals as if we'd done something bad, the way they spoke with us, and the way they kept shutting us down. But with the high court, the high court's judgment was actually very fair, very spot on. And surprisingly, because the judge can only get an opinion of two parties based on what is written in an affidavit,
2: sure. right?
1: The judge doesn't know everything. The judge only knows what she's reading in an affidavit and what she's seen before her in evidence. But surprisingly, the high court judge that uh, overturned Patricia's custody and ruled her unfit as a mother and dismissed her application, when that got challenged in the court of appeal by Patricia, that high court judge, writ- uh, the summary, right, the judgment, the judgment was... To a T. It was, it was as if this woman has known my ex her whole entire... She completely described her down to a T. So the reason why I'm saying that is actually not all the time will you get unfair or biased judgment from the courts. I think if you present your case in the correct manner and you can back up certain things with evidence, then you will get the, the judgment that you're seeking. Now, there are different circuits. Yeah? So there is the civil circuit. And then, of course, there is the Sharia circuit. Now, I can't speak for what goes on in the Sharia circuit. I believe the Sharia circuit is a little bit more difficult, a little bit more uh, (laughs) pro-toward. And then, of course, you know, being the Sharia court, a bit more, the the, the thinking is old way thinking. They don't want to change something that's been working for many, many years. This is what it is. It comes from the Quran, and we're not going to change it. And this is what it is. So I think it might be different in the Sharia, but in civil court, So the reason why I'm saying that is because I want to say to all fathers out there, if people are telling you the same, that, oh, don't do this, you know, the courts in Malaysia always favour the mother. That's not true, because let me explain to you now, like, my daughter has only just turned five years old. Me and my ex were not married. My daughter's considered an illegitimate child. And I've just been awarded full sole custody.
2: Yeah.
1: So... Everything that they say about this idea of like, oh, it's always awarded to a mother. Oh, you, you you're not in, you know, you weren't married. You've got no rights. That's not correct. Yeah.
2: You know,
1: yeah. it depends on the fight, though. It depends on what you're bringing to the court. And it's unfortunate that when you're going into court, when there's accusations flying left and right and it's very, very dirty, you've got to get very dirty and you've got to dig deep and pull out all the skeletons out of the closet.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Which is a shame. But. You know, I, I believe that this idea that you will always get an unfair judgment is not right. Yes, maybe 50 percent of the time. But if you present your case in the correct way, which means if you've got your correct lawyers who are advising you, yes, we should put this in an affidavit. No, we shouldn't put that in an affidavit. Yes, we should come with this tone. No, we shouldn't go with that tone. Yes. Then I think that, you know, that might um, change the the chances of you getting the result that you you
0: want you know True. I mean thanks for pointing it out because um, yes, there are there are fathers who got bad experience with with uh, judgment from the court, but that's that's the thing. you cannot give up no. but because let me you, answer there's court on appeal, the there's a high court, you know, and sometimes uh, um, we are very disappointed when some of the fathers show us their uh, uh, legal papers and the affidavits and the submission and so on uh, we got fathers who pay a lot a, a single lawyer up to 150 thousand 200 000 and only got four hours a month visitation rights this is fathers who only got 15 minutes video call um, mm-hmm. to see to, to to speak if he can with the daughter. so so the thing is um yes the father blamed the court the law and everything else but when my colleague Malcolm, he's a lawyer, so, so when he sees some, some of the papers that, they, that, that the father's lawyer presented, he was shocked.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, of
0: course, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't do family law much. And now he is, <laughs> but, but he's a good lawyer. He's a, he's a veteran lawyer, and he knows law. And, and there are simple, basic steps and procedures that a lawyer should do, and it's not done to some of these fathers and obviously he lost the they lost the case you know so you're right um, um there is
1: always hope you know yeah there uh, is always hope. when you when can you, when you continue fighting on? when you continue fighting yeah can i add on to what i was saying actually because also i think i need to paint the picture clearer because because my the custody that i've got now isn't based off of my original application or my the original ah, that was made so yeah. let yeah. me explain what happened so my ex made an application to the courts for custody she got the custody um, she had uh, she got the full custody ex parte and the reason she got that is because she had lied to the court she told the court that they had served me uh, the the co- uh, court papers to appear in court for the custody battle to by hand to an address and I was given these papers in hand. But the thing is the address that they listed, that they served me to didn't even exist. It was a fake address, wasn't even a real address. Mm -hmm. So we were able to show to the court I'd never been served and this is actually, you know, this has actually been uh, uh, fabricated. So we were able to go into the court and overturn the original ex parte order that she got, which then allowed me to then go in and uh, defend myself against her original application. Mm. So I went in and defended myself against her original application, provided all the evidence, and in short, the judge basically ruled the mother unfit and said that the mother is unfit and her uh, application for full custody is dismissed. Now, she did that based on evidence and stuff, right? Then the mother's gone and made an uh, an appeal at the Court of Appeal to overturn the High Court's decision. We've gone into the Court of Appeal, and the Court of Appeal has basically uh, overturned the High Court's decision to uh, dismiss her application for full custody based on law. Now, the problem with that is this, as I said earlier, the High Court had to write a judgment. And in that judgment, the High Court writ down all the, sorry, the judge writ down all the reasons why she cannot give the mother full custody and furthermore, why she is to dismiss the mother's full custody application. And the judge predicted and said that I cannot give the mother full custody. And furthermore, I will dismiss the application based on A, B, C, D, E, F, G and put the reasons as to why. And she used her discretion on this. Okay. Now the court of appeal has overturned that and basically said, well, the judge's discretion basically doesn't matter because the law says that a child under the age of seven should be with mother." So this is the easiest one. This is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Now, within one year of the court of appeal reinstating the mother's custody, the mother has actually gone on to do everything that the judge said she would do and was why she couldn't allow her to have the full custody.
2: Yeah.
1: So there, like, there is this issue of like when you're presenting evidence and stuffing to the high court and the judge can see through the crap and f- see through the smoke screens and see what is actually really happening and make a prediction that if I was to give the custody to this person, this is what's going to happen. And then mm. you get to the Court of Appeal and the Court of is yeah. like, nah, we'll just turn it around. And then the mother goes on to continue to do everything mm. that the judge has said she would do, right? Mm. And mm. even worse, right? So that allowed me then to go and put an application back into the High Court and say, well, look, the mother's done A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This has happened, that's happened. This is the High Court summary. She's proven the High Court judgment to be correct. Can yeah. you look at this and can you give me result that I was looking for and that's how we got the result that I was looking for so reason why I'm saying all that is that look you've got to stay in the game it may not come around the first time if you've got the funds if you can do it if you've got it you can go for the funds if you lose at the high court go for the court of appeal if you lose at the court of appeal go for the federal court I mean my opinion on this is that look I'm I'm pretty much broke in terms of finances but we can always make back money we can never replace back the time with our children Like it's been three years now, two years since I really haven't communicated with my daughter and I can't get that time back. I can't. And there's no amount, you know, whatever money I've spent on court fees, I would pay that money in an instant to gain back those years. Yeah. You know, someone said to me, like, Joey, here's the special device and we'll give you, you know, if you give us 400,000 ringgit, we'll give you back three years of the life that you missed out with your daughter. Of course, you know, money is no issue.
0: Well, I didn't see my daughter for four years. I didn't see my son for four years. And before oh. that, before that, I see them alternate weekends. And, um, and it's been hard, you know, it's been hard. But, um, I believe other fathers are going through the same thing and, uh, maybe going through it now. Um, but, at the end of the day, bro, as I as I mentioned to you before, we always need to think positively that yeah. there's always hope. You know, you, you never give up. You know, you never give up. No, no
1: um, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the thing with my, my, my situation, uh, Fale, because there have been so many points at which I, I actually almost gave up, you know, and I've like called my mom and cried on the phone with my mom and told my mom, like, look, you know, this is taking its toll on me. I can't, you know, I... Everything is. I need to stop this. And my mum has sort of said to me, you know, Joey, you've already gone so far. You know, just keep at it. You know, keep going. You know, be strong. And then even like support from like the the public, right? Because I have a very public account, and you know, I've got a, a big following, which is I'm so thankful for because they've helped me out massively. The encouragement and support. So I think you know, you just got to sort of keep keep going, and 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 ultimately. Don't ever walk away from from your child. Now look, it's easy for us to say this, Valley, right? But I can tell you one thing, and which is a this is a problem that I'm facing now. Funding. Right? It's okay to say, like, yeah, go to the federal court, go to the court of appeal and that, but ultimately it does cost money. And, you know, some people ain't as fortunate as what I may have been or what the next person might have been, and their pay bracket may not um, allow them to be able to pursue. What they need to do. So th- th- this is a thing that is more of a problem, I think, where the legal fees, in order to be able to see your child, are so high that it makes it almost near to impossible for someone who doesn't have yeah. the resources, yeah. the financial resources, to go through it. Yeah. Whereas, if you're someone that has the financial resources, you can, you can stay in this for the long game. You can be in a court battle for years and years and yeah. possibly get the result that you want. Yeah. But I give you an example, like you know, it's it's it's, it's a bit of sweet thing that what we're talking about for me, because yes, I've got the custody, but my child was abducted just a few months back. Right. So my child has been abducted to Denmark. And the problem I'm facing now is that the, the lawyers in Denmark are really expensive. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, from 1700 ring it up to 2,500 ring it per hour, per hour, you know, per hour. And it, it ends up being an issue. So then you hit this sort of barrier, right? So this is what needs to happen. If there was some kind of, I don't know, funding or legal aid or some kind of, um, I don't know, I wish there was a bunch of really rich, rich, rich single fathers who had a little bit of money spare, who could all chip into this foundation and yeah, say, man. look, here is an here is X amount of money and yeah. we're going to limit uh, say now there's a million in there, we will put uh, eh, up to fifty thousand in funding per person per farmer to help fight their cake.
2: You know, yeah.
1: yeah, that would be heaven sent, right? Because it would make the I situation. Mean, I mean,
0: I was I was happy and shocked at the same time when you told me that. Uh, your last few years, uh, before you got your big news, custody of your child, you got you you went through a crowdfunding kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I did well. Okay, so let me explain. Them. That is think, for me is wow. I mean, I'm so happy. There's so many loving and caring people out there. I, exactly, it's wonderful, and and that actually, for me, that that was two things. There, that one, of course, it provided the funds for me to be able to continue on to fight. But two, it gave me a moral boost, and it made me feel so blessed and so loved, and it made me yeah. it, it, it it re-energized me and recharged my batteries and think thinking like, wow, you know, like. Maybe, you know, this fight that I'm doing is a just fight. It is a good fight. And if it wasn't, then why are so many people willing to support? And, you know, at the time we yes. did crowdfunding, we're going through COVID, right? We're in MCO and S-A-C. everyone is... And I'm so grateful to all those people that sort of put their hand in many, their pocket. How many, how many
0: pocket. thousand of people uh, supported you? Do you have a number? No,
1: no, we... I think it was about 400. 400 people donated and we raised wow. 64,000 ringgit in, in a week, in one week. I, but I, but hit the thing. Let me say, only people and raise yeah. up to 60,000 yeah 60 we got 64,400 400, oh 400 my God, dollars. there's so yeah. many
0: many loving people out there
2: yeah. and
1: there's so many people that can relate to this situation and i think that the the amount of people and the amount of funds that we raised in that short period of time speaks for uh-huh. itself
2: yeah now
1: i'm i'm very lucky that i'm exposed to a huge audience of people so my message yeah. could get out uh, yeah. far. so in, I think, but this is, this is something that resonates with a lot of people around the world. So if anyone out there is struggling with funding for lawyers, there is no harm. You've absolutely got nothing to lose setting up a crowdfunding. All you need to do is let go of your ego, because here's the thing. I, it took a lot of encouragement for me to set up the funding. And how the funding came about was when I lost the Court of Appeal, I was out of money. I didn't have the money to go to the federal court. I was beaten, beaten, I was defeated, and I was ready to give up. And then, you know, my, my Instagram followers and the public were just messaging me and saying, Joey, set up crowdfunding, we want to support. And to be honest with you, my ego was getting the better of me. And I was like, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to set up crowdfunding because then I'm basically taking donations from strangers and I'm bearing out all that I'm broke and I've spent all my money on this. And, and after a few days, I kind of came, sort of let go of my ego on, on, on the matter. I realised to myself, you know what, if I don't do this, then I don't actually have any way to move forward in my situation, so let me try it, yeah and let me see. We're, you know, who knows? Maybe we might raise a hundred ringgit. Maybe we might raise a hundred thousand ringgit. Who knows? And yeah. really surprising, we surprisingly raised sixty-four thousand ringgit. Right, so <laughs> it wasn't huge.